Hey people, uh, this is Adam with Mile High Stash, the podcast that asks what five albums you would take to a remote Colorado cabin during a zombie apocalypse armed with only food, water, and a crank-powered Victrola. Uh, today we've got violinist Rachel Slyker from the River, Arkansas. I just love the River, Arkansas. Um, they're a Colorado folk rock band that has members who live all over the state and play in a lot of other bands too. But they have this family vibe thing that I've always been kind of jealous of. Uh, I remember hanging out with another band, um, Bud Bronson and the Good Timers in Denver a long time ago, and they also had that sort of togetherness thing. They had uh, like matching bowling jackets and they were like a gang, and I was I was always thinking, I wish I was in that band. Um, the River Arkansas has that togetherness thing, too, and in a really, really happy way. And uh, not like in the jam band, happy um, ecstasy way, because that would probably make me want to throw up. But uh, <laughs> the River Arkansas actually has amazing uh, music, too, and... Um, Mike Clark, the uh, frontman, songwriter guy, he's awesome. But I also recently have been fascinated with side people. You know, we had Stealth up from the Lumineers, and we had Steve Berlin from Los Lobos on the show. And just, you know, this feeling of the people who are so talented and also so important in the band, but not always in the spotlight. I think it's really interesting to talk to those people. Um, Rachel actually taught my kid violin lessons before my kid moved on to clarinet and now guitar. And uh, she really likes Rachel. Um, um, she also really likes one of Rachel's Mile High Stash album choices a lot, and we'll talk about that. The River Arkansas plays the Caribou Room in Netherland on Friday, April 14th, and also the Fox Theater in Boulder on May 26th. They have a new EP coming out called Green Bridge that I'll talk with Rachel about, and I bet you'll hear some of the Green Bridge tracks on 105.5 The Colorado Sound very soon. You can listen to The Colorado Sound from Denver to Boulder to Fort Collins and even in the mountains around here or just online. Um, I've been riding my bike on Peak to Peak Highway a few times in the past and I actually was able to tune into the Colorado sound on my little Bluetooth speaker. And uh, you never know what their DJs are going to play, just that it's always good. Okay, here's my chat with uh, Rachel Slecker of the River, Arkansas. Usually um, I have all these notes and things and um one of the um, interviewers that i used to like as a kid was larry king his interview style was to know as little as possible about <laughs> somebody so um i've seen you play so many times and you have this intoxicating your musicianship is great but then also you're really happy up there too and at the same time i don't really know anything about you so where are you up from and um Let's just start with that and then your journey to 
where you are right now. Sure. So I'm, I grew up in Colorado Springs, mm -hmm. actually, and um, started playing violin lessons when I was like five years old and was pretty like accomplished at it, I guess. I did really well and um, very quickly and then went to school for music here in Boulder. Um, got a bachelor's degree in violin performance and I've mm. just been in the area ever since kind of exploring yeah. music as a, a livelihood and as a path forward through my life. Yeah. What was the method that you were instructed under starting at five? Suzuki. Suzuki. Yeah. You and Jeb both. Yeah, you exactly. Both. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, were your parents really into music or was it something that you kind of... No, my parents were veterinarians, um, and like business owners they owned a veterinary practice and just decided that my brother and I would start music at a young age so what did your brother play he played flute yeah and he started at five two and played like this flute that was curved because he was too small to like reach a like a straight flute yeah <laughs> it's very cute does he still play no not so much he still has a flute and he's he's pretty good but he didn't pursue it beyond high school and what kind of music were you into um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't only classical. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty into classical and I was a little bit sheltered growing up. Like I was mm. only allowed to watch PBS yeah. and like, so I didn't get like MTV and stuff and I didn't really branch out of classical music until I became like a teenager. Um, what kind of music did you fall in love with as a teenager? As a teenager, I yeah. kind of, I mean, it's like embarrassing stuff. Like, <laughs> like I got, got into like them. the boy bands, like yeah, Insync and stuff, and then. Who was uh, your favorite member of Insync? I. I don't even remember who they were. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um and yeah, and like Blink One Eighty Two and Weezer, and yeah, mm. I just like dove into really embarrassing stuff, and then. Um, oh gosh, I don't even. Yeah, I'm like kind of don't remember blank in that period of my life. I feel like I didn't necessarily love music when I was younger. Like I just didn't know. Nobody had turned me on to stuff that I just like was like, oh my God, this mm -hmm. is it. And I think it was like in college when I started like getting introduced to like Radiohead and Bjork and because my friends listened to that music that I was like, yeah. my mind kind of got blown a little bit. What um, was it like? Uh, growing up in um, in a family where they wanted you to do something, but it, it wasn't something that they knew about? Um, I don't really remember. It's really strange. I think I was a really complacent, compliant, compliant, that's mm. the word, <laughs> a compliant kid. Um, and I just was kind of like, oh, this is what we're doing. This yeah. is what I do. And it's fine. And yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Like I don't I don't recall having like a passion for it, but I also don't think I felt like I was being forced to do something against my will. Right. Um, and eventually, I got so good at it that it kind of became a part of my identity. Yeah. And I kind of had like an ego associated with being like good at the mm. violin. Yeah. So I that was something I had to kind of like wrestle with and like try to let go of and just like be purely. Um, in love with music later yeah. in life. <laughs> so how did you transition from studying classical and being in an orchestra to playing in bands? Um, um, so in, I graduated from CU Boulder in 2004, um, and the person that I was dating then introduced me to Tyler Ludwig, 
Um, and I joined this band, Princess Music. I remember Princess Music. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was, that was my first band that wasn't, um, yeah, I was like, I was just starved for non-classical stuff at the time. And I was yeah. so happy to be in that group. And Tyler was this like brilliant um, musician and he arranged all of the parts for me and Psyche, the cello player. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was this really nice, easy transition to playing non-classical stuff Mm -hmm. because we still had like somebody writing the parts for us and I didn't have to like improvise or come up with my own stuff, which I didn't even know how to do yet at that point in my life. I had to like learn that when I was like 25. Um, so it was like the perfect transition and I played in princess music for some years and then I joined some other bands. I, jo- I joined making Terry's band, Clouds and Mountains, and then the River Arkansas. And I've yeah. been playing with the River Arkansas. Were you on the first River Arkansas album? No, I wasn't. Yeah, I was listening. Yeah. I always like to listen to whoever I'm going to talk with, their first album and then their most recent album. And I listened to it and I said, mm-hmm. I don't think Rachel... Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not on that one. And then suddenly you're so prominent in the, in the sound. Yeah. How did you meet those fellows? Um, through Macon, the bass player. I was mm. playing in his side project, Clouds and Mountains, at the time. And I, when I joined the River Arkansas, I joined and went on tour right away. So yeah. we just, like, formed as this tour band yeah. for, like, a month. We went to California, and um, and then it just stuck. It was really a good match. We all got along really well. And It's such a family band. There's this, there's mm-hmm. this energy... And sometimes you see that on stage and it's not actually the case. You're not actually really good friends. But I can tell, I mean, there's this inviting sensibility. And I um, I was at the show, you opened for the Dovekins reunion show. Mm-hmm. And Stealth was just on my podcast recently. You know, Dovekins has this in- insane energy of literally hanging from the ceiling and stuff like that. But the River Arkansas's energy seems to be in the music itself but also how you look at each other you're having such a good time and you like each other so is that actually true is that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love those guys so much mm-hmm. and we love hanging out and we just like we have the best time we go on these long car rides when we go on tour and we just get like we get so deep and and like the um everyone's so funny and mm-hmm. it's they're just such like a joy to hang out with and i think the music um, comes off as like being very fun because yeah. we have so much fun together. Yeah, it comes across and mm-hmm. it, it makes the audience feel like God. I want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So the um, crazy zany idea behind this um, this podcast is that you imagine yourself stranded in a cabin in Colorado somewhere, completely alone, and you have food and water. And nothing else besides um, a crank-powered Victrola. And there might even be a, you know, a zombie apocalypse going on, so you don't know what's happened to you know, friends and family, things like that. Uh, but um, the only other thing you can bring is five albums. So could you give me two albums? Sure. Just as a starter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I feel like... Uh, can I talk about it first? Of course. Yeah, <laughs> where yeah, yeah. where I came up with these. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people would just pick like their five favorite albums or like the mm. five albums that were the most influential or something. Yeah. But I just felt like I had to go way more in the moment with this. Like 
imagine myself in this situation and kind of like, um, uh, like the, the feelings that I would have. And, um, it's there, the five albums are going to be very different than like the most influential or my most favorite albums. So that's kind of where I am at with this, but the, um, the, one music that or one album that came to mind was Music for Airports by Brian oh, Eno. Yes. My kid has fallen asleep <laughs> to that record since the day she was born. Really? Every single night. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I have found so much. I have actually listened to that album in the airport mm. when like I get very stressed out by large yeah. crowds and overstimulating situations. And yeah. so I've listened to that album in these situations where I just need like some nervous system calming and it's been so good for that it's been such medicine and so i was thinking that that would be a really great way to calm my nervous system after the zombie apocalypse whatever had happened prior to me getting stuck in this cabin that's so great (laughs) so the title of that album is literal yeah brian Eno wanted to sell that to airports uh-huh. and there was an airport i think it was amsterdam maybe huh. that actually tried it <laughs> and this was in i don't know 1976 or hmm. so and so that's great that it actually has this this um atmospheric effect on you yeah you know? totally he's got other ones music for films and then but music for airports is um i'll have to tell say that you pick that yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> Some people sit there and they do just say, these are my five favorite albums. And then there was an artist that I had on who said that uh, she picked the albums, you know, based on the cover art because oh. the cover art would inspire her. She could hang it on the, oh, that's on the wall. Awesome. <laughs> um, a tattoo artist was on the show recently as well. And he's really into like Dungeons and Dragons. And, and he, he picks up the music based on it being like really good battle music mm. while he's fighting the zombies, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so I'm happy that you put more thought into it than, well, I like these five records. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see the second one, um, would maybe be, um, Graceland by Paul Simon. Oh, nice. Um, just cause I grew up, my parents listened to that record and I like know every word and yeah. it just, it brings this feeling of home. Yeah. to me so they did um, turn you on to some good music but. yeah they did <laughs> yeah. um yeah <laughs> that is a um uh, when i see you on stage and and you have you know this vibe that's very happy and welcoming that that's the graceland vibe too mm-hmm. you know yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> and i see you it's like a window in your heart well, Everybody sees your blown apart Everybody feels the wind blow Ooh, in Graceland, Graceland Do you feel a camaraderie with the side people? You know, whether it's Jeb or Stealth or somebody who's not in the... Yeah, actually, uh, what um, that makes me think of is I played with Nathaniel Rateliff yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. I did like ten days of tour with him um, in a string quartet, and then we got shut down because of COVID on like March thirteenth or whatever. But then um, 
a year later we did we played Newport Folk Festival. Mm. So Nathaniel actually did two sets that weekend. He did one with the Night Sweats and mm. one with the string quartet. So all the side people instrumentalists were there that weekend mm. together. So I got to meet like the horn players and yeah, there's just something about like the the um the inter- instrumentalists that hang out together. There's like a nerdiness or something that I, I'm not that I'm calling those guys nerds, but right. there's yeah. just something about us. Like we're a little different and I definitely vibe with the side people a lot. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So you played on the Colbert show? Is that uh-huh. right? Yeah. yeah, we did. What was that like? That was so interesting. So we actually, could, we did a live taping right. of Colbert, which isn't what they normally do, but I think there was a, uh, what was it? It was, um, a debate for the election. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they do live tapings so that they can make jokes about the election, like right after it airs or right, something. Right. So mm-hmm. we, um, we like sound checked at like 3 PM that day and did like a backup taping version. And then we didn't play until like 1240. And oh, wow. yeah, that's like what time we got on and played our one song. So it was just like a really long day yeah. for like a three minute performance. And it just like went by so, so quickly. Hurry up and wait. Hurry yeah. Up and wait. yeah. I just remember being really sick that day. And then we had to like catch a flight at like 6 a.m. the next day. Yeah. And, but um, you did it. It was a big whirlwind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to shake his hand and say hi. <laughs> what was it like to play under pressure like that? Um... I didn't feel like personally under a lot of pressure. When you're mm. playing in the string quartet, you're kind of in the shadows. Yeah. So I've almost felt as under pressure in that situation as I do like uh, in the River Arkansas where I'm more up front, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've played under such, I like I've done auditions for like mm. symphonies and stuff. And to me, that's just like the highest pressure situation mm. and anything else I do like doesn't compare. Yeah. <laughs> you could put me on yeah. national television and I guess I'm not as nervous. If I had to sing, I would be. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you sing backup. I do. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. not lead ever. No. Is that something you'd, you'd want to do? I would. Yeah. I've, I actually have like toyed with it a little bit. I had a, a little band going with some of my own songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of, the momentum behind that got um, killed by the pandemic, mm-hmm. but um, I have a handful of songs and I record, I, um, performed a few shows with them and they were the most nerve wracking things I've ever done yeah. in my life. Like, <laughs> Where did you play? So terrifying. Um, I played, we called ourselves the frets and we did one show at the Jamestown Mercantile, um, with some other bands and we did a house show and I did this one show in Pueblo. I think that's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to send Mike an, an email and say, you, you got to let her, let her sing. <laughs> um, what did you learn in all those years of like studying music that, that you take into this kind of folk rock, I guess I would, mm-hmm. I would call it? Well, I, I mean, the Suzuki method that mm-hmm. I started with was a big, like, um, are you familiar with the premise of the Suzuki method? Like, Somewhat. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm actually a Suzuki teacher. I teach violin yeah, lessons, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of in the same style. Yeah. 
Um, but like you, um, the kids learn by ear. So yeah. you become a very good player by ear. You don't even learn how to read music right. until you've been playing your instrument for a few years. So um, I am very good at playing by ear. I can pick yeah. up melodies really quickly. And, and I owe that to my early, early education with the Suzuki method. Yeah. Um, and then in college, I learned a lot about like music theory and all that. And I like knowing music theory. Yeah. I like understanding the music theory behind what I do. I don't always think about it, but I yeah. like being able to figure it out. <laughs> so Clay, Rose, and I, you know, we, like we've been making music together in Gasoline Lollipops and just as a duo for eight years now. And we have a thing in common where we had no lessons. Like mm. we've no, we have no training. We don't even know what we're playing. You know, it, it's just, it's by ear um, and by feel. And a lot of times it seems like either somebody is completely trained and they don't know how to vibe and stuff like that. Or they're like <laughs> me and Clay, where we know how to have energy on stage, but technically we're, we're you know, pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so do you meet people... Um, the few people that I've met like that are like, you know, Jeb and Stealth and and you who are both. Um, but do you ever meet people who are really successful musicians and you say to yourself, oh, gosh, they don't really know. They don't really know what they're doing. And it surprises you. I mean, yeah, all the time. But I've always kind of actually held those people up on a pedestal a little mm. bit. Um, I... I really like musicians who don't have any training and just mm. have this like totally organic connection to the music. Um, I have a pattern of getting really stuck in my head yeah. um, or like getting too intellectual when I'm playing. And I've been trying to break that over the years. Mm. And um, that's where I put the quote untrained people up on a pedestal because yeah. I believe that they have something that I don't in that way um i, I don't think, think that way anymore i, know I think that... you have both <laughs> yeah 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 okay cool thanks <laughs> some people who are incredibly trained you know you, you put them in a, in a rock situation and where it's about energy there's there's a sold out crowd just waiting to have fun and they and they look like a deer in the headlights and you want to walk over and just like grab mm. them by the shoulders and say let's have fun yeah you don't you don't like that. You kick ass. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, oh, for sure. cool. I have been, I think when I first started playing, I looked very stiff on stage. And I've been told that I don't look like I'm having fun. Hmm. I have a little bit of a, like, really serious face. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that at all. You smile even just sitting here. Like, yeah. like you have this, this uh, smiley vibe. But not in a, not in, in a, like, uh, some people have that and it looks phony. You know? Yeah. But you don't have that at all. Yeah. Cool. How um how was playing at at Red Rocks? I've done that once, you know, but it wasn't like sold out. Um, which show are you referring to? I've played to. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, there you go. Times. That's a good answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, a, a lot of people um love Red Rocks. It's it's internationally maybe the most famous venue in the world in a, in a way, uh -huh. but. My experience was that <laughs> the view on stage is actually way better 
mm-hmm. than, than the view from it the crowd. totally yeah. is. Yeah. Yes. It, what was it like the first time? Um, the first time I played Red Rocks, well, I actually did the film on the rocks yeah. a couple times yeah. um, with Princess Music and the River Arkansas. Mm. That's during the day, so it's a little bit mm. different. People are filing in to see the movie or just kind of like warming up the crowd. Yeah. But the first time I played with like a full, to a full crowd was with Gregory Allen Isaacoff. Mm. in the ghost orchestra i think yeah, that was yeah. in two, right. 2016 yeah. and yeah that was magical just mm-hmm. pure magic just yeah <laughs> <laughs> the crowd is is like an ocean that, that you yeah. feel like at any point you just jump into yeah yeah it's, it was like it was kind of surreal <laughs> it's an out-of-body mm-hmm. did you have any times on stage where you felt like you were having an out of, out-of-body experience a little bit yeah, yeah. i did <laughs> yep. <laughs> I had to pull myself back in a few times because I mean, the only time that I get anxious on stage is when there are very few people. Mm-hmm. And same. You can see Absolutely. each of their judgments happening <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> and when yes. there are a lot of people, yeah. The, there's no reason to be anxious. They're hoping that you play well and and that yeah. they want to have fun. And on stage um, at Red Rocks with these thousands of people having fun, um, in the view and the, and the magical, uh, experience of it. There were a few times where I felt like I was just a part of everything. Mm-hmm. And then I had to pull myself back in because I also remembered, oh, I have to do this. I have to actually, I have to actually do this, you know? Yeah. And it's funny how you can just keep going. You can have this experience where you're like kind of having an out of body or otherworldly experience and you're like watching yourself and I'm like, wow, I, I'm just playing the violin. Look yeah. at that. Wow, yeah. I know how to do that. Yeah. It's just like happening on its own. It's very bizarre. So albums three, or number three. Number three. Um, uh, this album by Tanarwin called, um, oh my gosh, what is it called? What Water is Life is the English translation. Aman Iman or something like that. Oh. Are you familiar with Tanarwin? No, tell me about this. Um, I love this band. They're from... Um, the Sahara and North Africa and wow. Mali, I think they're Tuareg people. Um, and they, they're just so good. They're like, um, I think they kind of pioneered this genre that's called like desert blues. Oh, wow. Um, and they, they're just, their grooves are so like, they make me want to move, but, um, it's so deserty. It's so like, you can just like feel like the loping of a camel over the dunes or something. And, um, I don't know. Their music just makes me feel so good. And, uh, uh there's a playlist on Spotify from Al Stash, and we always put at least one song from everybody's choice. Mm. So I'm, I'm excited to check out that whole album, but cool. There'll be one song yeah. from it on the playlist. Awesome. Wow. Um, so when was the last River Arkansas album? There was an EP recently, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was released about an year, a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was four songs. Do you have, like, an, a new full album in the works? We do, yeah. yeah. We are hoping... We don't have anything official yet, but I think we're hoping to release it in May. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Do you all participate in the songwriting? No, that's all Mike Clark. Yeah. Um, but we do participate in the arrangements and... I, our arrangements have gotten really cool and like really yeah. fun. I love our arranging sessions. They're so fun. Mm-hmm. 
Well, what's it like to be in a band where people live all over the state too? Oh, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Um, we live so far apart. We kind of, but on the other hand, it's kind of cool because when we do get together, it's like a little weekend retreat and mm. we just hang out and play a show and we have the whole weekend together. So we, we just don't really have enough weekends where we are like writing and, um, recording and stuff. I wish we, we all wish we did more of that. It's amazing to me how different Mike's solo stuff is because it's the same guy, mm-hmm. but it's more of his voice has a, like a, a whimsical quality to it. Mm-hmm. And when he's with River Arkansas, it sounds like the band or Dr. Dog or something like that is, is kind of welcoming this like whimsical songwriter. But then his solo stuff is just that to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing how it's the same guy, but it doesn't, I mean, it's obviously not the same band, but. Yeah. Yeah, you know. totally. Um, we've started actually picking up some of his oh, yeah. solo. So, um, sugar sounds is his sort of like yeah. solo, um, project. Um, we've been picking out a few of those songs that were like, we really want to play that song. So we've been learning them. So nice. they're maybe soon to be blended a little yeah, more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you do come together for um, a weekend mm-hmm. uh, camp out, is that around here? It depends on where our show is, but it's oh. usually around one of our homes. So it'll sometimes it'll be in southern Colorado, near Pueblo, yeah. where Mike lives, um, or Macon lives in the San Luis Valley. So um, sometimes we'll do like a run of shows out there, and we'll yeah. stay out there, and sometimes we'll do a northern Colorado run and stay in at my place in Boulder. Yeah. Well, and Ben is all the way in Trinidad. Yeah. Is he still there? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, <laughs> there's some bands like Murder by Death um, has um, some band members in Kentucky and some in um, New Orleans. I mean, they're just all over the country. Hmm. So it could be worse. Yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> is the new album uh, tracked yet? Is it like in the mixing stage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We just finished the last vocals on it on Monday night. <laughs> yeah. Mike and making came up and stayed at my house and we just did this like 30 second bit that needed backup vocals. And I think that's the last stuff and now we'll get it mixed. And yeah. Yeah. And these shows, um, like at the Caribou room, that's mm-hmm. coming up. Are you going to play all the new songs? Um, yeah. And We've been playing the new songs live for a while. We have so many songs that we play live that we just haven't recorded yet. So mm. every album is... We, we have, like, two more albums we could make with just unrecorded songs that we yeah. play now. So yeah. yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you, working with kids, you know, so much, what do they teach you? Oh, my gosh. Um, a lot. And actually, I find myself following my own advice to them like Mm. I will teach them something and I I give them a lot of pep talks too like um, kids get discouraged because playing the violin is very hard and um, I give them a lot of advice about how how to like um, how to approach music and how you know Mm. no negative self-talk nothing like that or like making mistakes is like okay because it means you're learning and all this stuff and then I have to like remind myself of those things Mm. all the time but it's nice because I hear myself say that to my students and then that um 
I think because I say that to my students, I can be a more gentle teacher to myself yeah. too. <laughs> it can be hard on myself sometimes. <laughs> Are you still involved in the classical world? I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm still playing with the Fort Collins symphony. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with them. And I, I, I sub occasionally for like the Greeley symphony and mm-hmm. the, um, other random things here and there. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that the Greeley Symphony would just be cows, you know. That's like... <laughs> they're actually, I, I just heard that they're the oldest symphony orchestra west of the Mississippi. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's not just cows. Mm-hmm. Greeley is more than cows. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so give me, please, your your number four and number five albums. Um, I'm trying to remember. I had I wrote a list in case I forgot them, which I think I did. Um, oh yeah, speaking of classical music, so number four would be the Goldberg Variations by Glenn Gould. Oh wow. Um, uh, the Goldberg Variations were written by Johann Sebastian Bach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love listening to solo piano music. I have so many artists. Um, so it was kind of like, what solo piano album would I take up there? And yeah. I think Bach is just one of those things I can listen to endlessly, and there's just so much, mm. like depth there i would never get sick of it yeah do you know um harold budd no so um, he made in an album um actually two albums with uh, brian eno around the time of uh, music for airports and they're called the pearl um, and the plateau of mirror hmm. with whatever that means but um i think you really love it because it's solo piano and and then it's got you know the Music airport style atmospheric synthesizers over it. All right. It's yeah, really, I'll check that out for sure. It's really good to fall cool. asleep to as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fifth and final. Fifth and final. Okay. So, um, Big Thief, and I did have to write this down because their new album is named, it's so long. Dragon New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know about this. Um, and then Emma Rose uh-huh. just um, sat down with me and said that this singer-songwriter in Big Thief is, is the best... Adrian Linker. ...on earth right now. She's incredible, yeah. yeah. I, I had to really think about which of her albums I would pick. Like, she has all this... Mm-hmm. She has all these solo records and then records with her band Big Thief, and um, I ended up picking this particular album because it's the longest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it has some of her best songs on it, um, and it also has some really weird stuff on it that I'm like, I don't know if I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're just branching out and getting a little weirder, but I think that would be a good, a good mix of challenging stuff and comforting stuff. And I could really dive into that album in the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) It's got a few songs that could be River Arkansas songs on it too. Yeah. Song, it might be called Red Moon. That's what it's called. Um. Did Emma choose the same album? Oh yeah. yeah, Wow. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, the final question actually, you know, that I surprise people with is um, if you could also take one item with you as you're escaping up to, you know, like Ward or something <laughs> to be by yourself, you could take one item, as long as you can carry it with you, what would that be? Um, I mean, it's not an item. Does a pet count? Could I bring my cat? You can bring your cat. Yeah. <laughs> I would bring sure. my cat. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Most people say a guitar, and then 
Yeah, that like, would be my you know, second choice. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you play guitar too? I do, yeah. yeah. And I've been trying to get better at it and trying to write some songs on yeah. guitar. I'm excited for this new River Arkansas album. Does it have a name yet? Um, I'd have to ask Mike. It probably does, but I don't know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, you know, this solo singer-songwriter project, mm-hmm. the, the Frets. The Frets, yeah. Okay. That's got to happen, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> thank you so much for talking with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah. I'll give you another hour, then I gotta run, I gotta fly away, leave you to fall. That was Rachel Slyker of The River, Arkansas, one of the most charming Colorado bands, and entertaining and amazing, but also just really charming um look out for their new record green bridge and check out the river arkansas at the caribou room in netherland on april 14th and at the fox theater in boulder on may 26th thanks for listening we appreciate the reviews on apple podcasts the emails even the donations um i've seen actually that a lot of mile high stash listeners put this podcast on around midnight so maybe put on some music for airports by brian eno if you need sleep after this um it definitely works i wanna go back to I'm old-fashioned, I just don't show your passion